classic doctors, brand new adventures. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, ID. Prepare to receive priority information. Yeah, give it. Ow! Ow! Ah, oh, no! Hey, hey! Stop it, stop! This exchange cannot be interrupted. Information has not been delivered. Priority information. Priority how are the Scandroids killing? Is it possible that they're electrocuting people? Well, of course it's possible. They don't run on magic. But they'd have to be substantially modified. You didn't program them to do this, did you? To protect your precious data? Priority information. You're not in control here, are you, Marriott? The Scandroids are doing exactly as instructed. Aside from the part where they kill people. Priority information. I thought the Scandroids must have been reprogrammed, but no! They're just trying to deliver the data as instructed. But the data itself is the killer. How can data kill you? Well, if I'm right, anybody who knows that will be dead. Prepare to receive priority information. Step in. Sorry, do I know you? Oh, I know you, Doctor, by uh, reputation. Really? I was looking for the tea room. I could swear it was downstairs. Well, in the Savoy Hotel of a previous millennium, maybe. I was wondering. Hmm. Afternoon tea, a table for two over there by the window. This is all very nice, but I've no idea who you are. I'm General Tillington, Stubbs, to my friends. But we're not. Uh, sure we are. <laughs> It'll be good to talk, Doctor. Uh, waiter, a tea for two. Uh, here, please. So, what's an American general doing in England? Well, uh, hopped over to little old England to hook up with my nephew. Uh, hey, you know what? He'd be thrilled to meet you. Loves all that time travel gadgetry. Uh, really? The voices. I can hear them again. Doctor, I know it was my idea, but I'm really starting to hate this pocket into Rossiter thing. 
I might as well be talking to myself here. Hello? Doctor? Can you hear me? Oh. Well, I hope at least that you're recording this. So here we go. Day two of the One Woman Roads expedition. When I walk back towards the castle, the voices get stronger. This afternoon, I'll sneak in there. If the strength of the voices does increase, I might get some answers. Uh, well, that's it, really. Talk to you, well, more likely myself, later. So, over and out. Of course, Doctor. <clears throat> you got stuff in that TARDIS of yours. My white coat guys would really flip over. You know about the TARDIS? The Global Warning is a purely defensive project. Global Warning? Mm. You see those structures out there on either side of the Thames? They look like cranes. Mm -hmm. A laser defense system. We can deliver 50 gigawatts to anything flying in unauthorized. About this time technology. Mm -hmm. uh, yours or mine? Yours, General. How else could you have penetrated the TARDIS? Well, it's early days. We've got nothing to match that communications project of Nissa's. Uh, I, I don't think I mentioned that. Well... We're working on actinoids, too. Actinoids? Mm -hmm. You've been spying on the TARDIS. That's impossible. <laughs> hey, Doc. My outfit spends billions a year on intel. I gotta get something for that money, don't you think? <laughs> Thank you, General. The scones were delicious. Wait, wait. Please, Doctor. Don't go off in a huff. I need some air. I'm feeling a little... Oozy. I... Uh... Poor guy, it must be something he ate, huh? Oh. Uh. Where? You seem to have kidnapped me. Relocated you, Doctor. Ah, relocated. It's the handcuff to the chair thing that fooled me. Sergeant, why is this man in cuffs? For his own protection, General. While under the influence of a consciousness suppressor. It's regulation, sir. Ah, I guess we can cut him loose now he's surfaced. See to it, will you? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, Sergeant. What is this? Some kind of aircraft hangar? Our CFAC, a classified facility. CFAC? And what exactly do you do here? Come this way, Doctor. This is your time technology. You got it. A holographic display, mm -hmm. and a fairly blurred one at that. A very coarse grade as yet. Only truly big events show up. Big events like what? Uh, run the last iteration, Sergeant. Yes, sir. We are the masters of Earth! Daleks? General, what year is this? I thought you'd know. I thought that was why you're here. It's 2158, Doctor. 2158? But the Daleks should have invaded last year. Doctor? Doctor? As you all know, reply. It's time to get out of here. What are you up to, Doctor? The Interocitor picked up some time distortion traces. And it's led me here, up on the parapet now. And those so-called knights. 
Now they've got no one else to crusade against. They're getting drunk and fighting each other. Doctor. Doctor? We're supposed to be in this together. Yes, I know it's my own engineering, but you told me this interrosita would work, that we'd be able to talk to each other across the space-time continuum. So what's happened? Doctor? How does it work, General Tillington? This is impossible. Earth shouldn't have time technology, not officially, for another... Well, it's what they call a pre-construction. It's created by our TLTs. TL... Timeline technicians, sir. A picked team of trained and targeted intuitives. Time sensitives interpreting future events. Events across space and time interpreted here in our shaping chamber and then formed into 3D images. That's how we picked up on you, Doctor. These images of a Dalek invasion and occupation of Earth, well, we saw your craft in them, your TARDIS. I see. Those TLTs latched onto that image. Next thing we knew, there you were, dropping off your friend Nyssa and heading here. And you even saw the Interocitor. Interocitor? Our actinoidal communications device. The images must have been more detailed than these. They were concurrent with this timeline. Very vivid, clear. Unlike this Dalek invasion, which seems blurred, out of phase, as if... As if what, Doctor? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Which is it, Doctor? Don't know? We're not sure. Doctor, come in. Doctor? Oh, this is getting ridiculous. Who are you? I am Mulberry. Mulberry? A knight in the service of the Lord Templar. Well, I'm Nyssa of Traken, and I don't like people sneaking up on me. What is that device you're holding? A piece of worthless junk, apparently. Give that to me. All treasures from the castle have become the property oh, of the Oh, no, Lord... you don't. Catch me first. Get down from the parapet. Stop. If you even so much as touch me... Well? You'll hit the courtyard cobblestones down there at an acceleration of 32 feet per second per second the same time I do. Take a seat, Doctor. Take a seat. And what do you want of me, General? Where is your time ship? Don't you know? We're still searching. Didn't your time sensitive spot it? <laughs> this attitude isn't going to help you, Doctor. We need your help. To do what? Our pre-construction seems to show you were instrumental in defeating these Dalek creatures in this uh, alternate version of the present and near future. So, we know that you're on our side. Good. But you must understand, Doctor, you've landed on Earth's sovereign territory. We require a duty of you. What sort of duty? To make sure that this Dalek invasion never takes place. Well, clearly it hasn't. Although I've no idea why not. Which is why I don't quite trust you, Doctor. You don't think it's right, do you? You think that right now we should be a defeated, occupied planet enslaved by these creatures. Don't try to deny it. I still don't understand what Our you... Our TLTs are detecting a hell of a lot of upheaval in time. Some of them are getting mighty overwrought, collapsing with the strain of it all. We have medics on constant alert to keep them going. We don't understand what's going on, but it's clear that there is trouble coming. What kind of trouble? A Dalek invasion, Doctor. When? We don't know when or where, but the TLTs keep predicting it like harbingers of doom. Well, of course, I sympathize with you. And can you explain this to me? 
What is this? A toy? A toy Dalek? Doctor. Doctor, can you hear me? The device you hold. You whispered to it as to a familiar. Whoa! Take care. Your footing is not... Let me help you. Why should I trust you? You knights are nothing but armed thugs. Looting, pillaging. Whoa! Whoa, 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 stay back! You are going to fall, my lady. Here, take my hand. Doctor! Doctor! Get away from me! The Dalek invasion is coming. Look out, here it comes. Don't miss out! And you say there are thousands of these things being manufactured and sold. How curious. And you're sure no one has leaked images from this CFAC place of yours? Our security is absolute, but even if someone had managed to break in somehow... Why would they start making toys in the shape of Daleks, quite? It's almost as if the idea is somehow permeating through time, getting into the consciousness of people and... The voices. What voices? I don't know. I really don't know. And what if I don't believe you, Doctor? Well, I'd say that was your problem, General. No, Doctor, I'm afraid it's your problem. You see, your invasion that should have happened but didn't could so easily end up happening if you get my drift. And these darn toys, well, hell, they're just making me plain nervous. Quite. So I'll be straight with you, Doctor. Your time technology is far superior to ours. So we need you and your ship to make sure that there is never any kind of Dalek invasion of Earth. How are you going to do that? Well, that's for you and my experts to work out between you. But once we have your technology working for us, we'll have one hell of a better chance of getting some answers. Commandeering Mike Tardis is not the answer. It's a step in the right direction, and I am in command here. And I don't work for you. Oh, and who do you work for, Doctor? I have broader responsibilities. And I agree with you, there is something wrong here, something that needs to be solved, something... Wrong with time. Good, then we can work together on this. And I assure you that I will make it my business to find out what is going on and, well, put it right. Put it right? Now, what would you happen to mean by that, Doctor? I, well, uh, history must be put right. You see, what concerns me about that, Doctor, is that we've already established that you were involved in that alternate visualization. You were on Earth during the Dalek occupation, isn't that right? Yes, that's right, but I... So, uh... from your perspective, the Dalek invasion of Earth is the correct path for history to follow. Ah, yes. Well, naturally, I see your point of view. But, but you... from my perspective, this, the here and now, is the correct path of history. Do you see what I'm saying? I think you do, Doctor. I think you know that I can't let you go free to put this right by yourself. I think you know you have to work with us on this. General, you must understand that it simply isn't in the best interests of... Well... Of what, Doctor? I'm only interested in the best interests of this planet and its security. That's what global warning is all about. You are gonna help us. And frankly, you don't have a choice. There's always a choice. You refuse? I refuse. Sergeant, in here, please. Sir? Arrest the doctor. General Tillington, this isn't going to be the... Strip search, then a supermax segregation cell on level five. This man is dangerous. Ah, these stones beneath my feet. Well, it was your stupid idea to come up here after me. You can't expect a balance in that armor. Take my hand. I've got you. Uh, 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 uh.
Hello? Hello? Look, I'm not refusing to solve the mystery of the Dalek non-invasion, but whatever's going to happen, I'm not going to be able to do it from a cage in a lonely corridor. Listen to me. And listen to me carefully, because I'm only going to say this 3,048 times until you send someone down it to unlock this cage! You can't hear you. What? Who said that? Me, sir. You? Who are you and where on earth? Introductions later. I short-circuited the surveillance and we've got about a minute before they restore it. As soon as I unlock this cage door and let you out of there, I'm going to need you to run as fast as you can. Something more than passing strange here. Are we dead? Shh. Lie still, Mulberry. I'm trying to work this out. Doctor? Doctor! Oh. We fell. At least the height of 15 men. Onto cobblestones. At night. I know. And suddenly, it's daylight. That trophy you carry, it has, it has bewitched us. What? This pocket interocitor? Temporal so-called communicator? I don't think so. I don't think it does anything, frankly. We're on a hill. I hear movement below us. Mulberry, have you ever fallen through a wormhole? <laughs> a wormhole? I'd never fit, milady. I think you would. I think you have. A traversable topological anomaly in Lorentzian space-time. Connecting roads 1320 to wherever we are now. Are you sure where they fit in there? Get in. Uh, there's no room to take off. That's the neat thing about a sky scooter. We do it backwards. Good job, eh? Hold on tight! Keep your head down, Mulberry. At least until we know where we are. Two thousand of them, by my count. Two thousand what? Soldiers. But no armour. War changes. And so should you, probably. Ditch all that tin, if you're decent underneath. Leather breeches and jerkin. If you can unfasten this breastplate... Now... Why would soldiers be surrounding this hill? Don't wriggle, Mulberry. Soldiers surround a hill, milady, for one reason only. To do battle with the enemy soldiers already on the hill. If we take a low flight path along the river, they won't spot us at this speed. Ah, yes, the laser defense system. We'd get completely fried in this sky scooter. I'm the doctor, by the way. I know. I'm Wilton. Wilton? Uh, how did you know My about... uncle told me about you. Said he was going to have tea with you. Did he now? Hmm. Your uncle being General Tillington, I take it? Yeah. Did he mention me? Only in passing. How did you know where I was being held, and, and why did you want to rescue me in the first place? I grew up inside the razor wire, and I knew my uncle was never going to let me meet you. Hmm, I see. Here comes Tower Bridge, and that bridge beyond... Blackfriars Bridge, and there's the TARDIS. That's a welcome sight. TARDIS? Is that your time technology? 
Your uncle told you a lot about me. Well, I kind of took a peek in his case while he was striding about lecturing me on the merits of responsible behavior. Perhaps you should have been listening. I'll park us here, under the wharf. Well, uh, Wilson, I, I don't know how to thank you. Sure you do, Doctor. Let me just grab my bags. Bags? What for? My travel stuff. I get to have a trip in your time machine, don't I, Doctor? Uh, no, Wilson, you don't. They spotted us! Quick, inside, Doctor! What? Come on! I don't want you going! <sighs> oh, come on, Doctor. You're not gonna throw me back out there, are you? Those guys were armed. I don't know what I'm going to do, Wilton. So just stand there and don't touch any of the controls. Rifles. I think that puts us in the 19th century. The doctor would know. The army on the hill is shooting back. And we're in the middle of it. Hey! You! A dark-skinned man. He's limping. There's only one thing for it. Your magic device? Can you save us by witchcraft? Hey! You two civilians? Or are you? He's seen us. I don't care. One last try with this to wake up the doctor. Cross your fingers, Mulberry. Drop that damn meter down, miss, or I'll take your head right off. With a crutch? Okay, it ain't a rifle, but drop that wicked device right now, miss. A soldier without a weapon? Come on, miss. Please don't blow us up. Oh, heck, I ain't used to giving orders, but you're the enemy, ain't you? Ah! Where did they get you? J just my shoulder. Was my leg last time? See what you can do for him, Mulberry. <sighs> while I... Doctor? Doctor, can you hear me? He's a blackamoor. The enemy. Enemy? This isn't our war, Mulberry. And find out where we are while you're about it. Doctor? I'm busy, Wilton, scouring the TARDIS's data banks. Daleks, Daleks, Daleks. But, uh, Doctor, um, that red light... Looks like it might be something urgent. If there's one thing I hate, it's an interruption, especially when I'm trying to get to the bottom of a mystery. Mystery? A mystery of the invasion that vanished. Oh, reminds me, I have a present for you. Here we are, sir. Oh, a cardboard shoebox, thanks. Open it. It's no use to me, Wilton, unless it contains a solution to this vanishing in... the Interocitus message notifier. Why didn't you tell me before? Nissa! What, what's she saying? Shh! Some kind of war going on. That's rifle fire. Well, that's a 24-pounder field howitzer. I left her in 1310. This is impossible. 1310? So this thing really works? Petersburg! Petersburg! Yes, Wilton. The 1860s. Nessa's got herself caught up in the American Civil War. This way. You see, that's the picket line ahead. It's getting dark, Floyd. Will they stop firing? Mostly the rifles stop. Night times. But the heavy ordnance, they just... Oh! Are you all right? It's the Mulberry. He tied my arm pretty good. And the legs fit for crawling. Through this hole. Come on, you two. Something tells me we need to get out of this. We best wait here till dawn. There's no good stumbling through the dark with mines and such. Mines? Those smart engineers invent all kinds of killing apparatus. 
But we're safe here. I, I wouldn't swear to safe. But these Confederates dig in pretty good. Aren't you one of them? Well, miss, I is and I ain't. You see, I was body servant to Colonel Portland. So you're a Freeman now, Blackamore? I don't have no master right now. You see, he got sent to his maker, same time I got my leg. Your witch box, my lady. A strange, glowing light. It's the doctor. He's getting back to me. Petersburg was 1864. What? How do you know? Well, that's what this databank screen thing says. I thought I told you not to touch But the fighting went on there for nearly ten months. Shh. This is coming through. Doctor? But I can hear you, and that's all that matters. And the timestamp on the message, 3.14 a.m., morning of July the 30th. Here we go. And here we are. I'll just edge the door open a fraction in case. Oh, bit quiet. But shouldn't there be... Stay here. I'll pop out for a peek. Don't touch that console. But I suppose I can take a look. Okay, let's check it out. This is Petersburg, according to the data bank. But where's Elliot's salient? Oh, no. Doctor! Will you please leave the console alone? You know why there's no battle out there? We're in Petersburg, Grant County, West Virginia. West? That's another state. The wrong Petersburg. Oh, no. There's a minor data corruption in the location finder. You really do choose your moments to let me down, old girl. Right, let's see. This doctor, will he bring medicine for Floyd's wounds? He's not that sort of doctor, but Floyd's not complaining. He doesn't complain, my lady, but that leg is smashed to the bone and touched with plague. I'm sure the doctor will be here soon. Well, I can't seem to find anything wrong. What are you doing? I thought I told you not to touch any of the controls, Wilson. Take a look at this databank thing of yours. Wilson. Battle of Elliott Salient, Petersburg, Virginia. Mine shaft under the Confederate lines. The fuse was lit on the morning of July the 30th at 3.15 a.m. Your friend Nissa's on Elliott Salient. It says here, the Federal forces blow up Elliott Salient. They lit the fuse 30 seconds ago. <laughs> according to the data bank. But where's Elliot's salient? Oh, no. Doctor! Will you please leave the console alone? You know why there's no battle out there? We're in Petersburg, Grant County, West Virginia. West? That's another state. The wrong Petersburg. Oh, no. 
There's a minor data corruption in the location finder. You really do choose your moments to let me down, old girl. Right, let's see. This doctor, will he bring medicine for Floyd's wounds? He's not that sort of doctor. But Floyd's not complaining. He doesn't complain, my lady. But that leg is smashed to the bone and touched with plague. I'm sure the doctor will be here soon. Well, I can't seem to find anything wrong. What are you doing? I thought I told you not to touch any of the controls, Wilson. Take a look at this databank thing of yours. Wilson. Battle of Elliot Salient, Petersburg, Virginia. Mineshaft under the Confederate lines. The fuse was lit on the morning of July the 30th at 3.15 a.m. Your friend misses on Elliot Salient. It says here, the Federal forces blow up Elliot Salient. They lit the fuse 30 seconds ago. Elliot Salient. But of course. Let me see. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm a fool. You're right again, Wilton. Elliot Salient, Nissa said. Rang a faint bell. Oh, no, Nissa. But doctor, the, the TARDIS is a time machine. We just wind back the clock and fix it. Perhaps. Just my luck. What is it? Yeah, take my coat. There's only one thing for it. What are you doing under there? The time track crossing protection protocol. The what? A preset circuit in all TARDISes. Haven't touched it in years. To be honest, the connections are a bit dodgy. It's supposed to be constantly engaged, but sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And now it is. But what does it do? Well, if you revisit the same time-space location more than once, the recursion effects can have completely unknown, unpredictable consequences. The time track crossing protection protocol prevents that. You mean we can't get to the real Petersburg now? Not at 3.14 a.m. But we haven't really been there. The TARDIS thinks we have. I'm going to try to override the protocol. We might be able to save Nissa if we don't vanish into the temporal nullity first. Floyd? Floyd! Alive still, but not, I fear, for long. Oh, damn this stupid named interrogator thing! Please, Doctor, we need you now. As a witch, my lady, there's much you lack. A flying broomstick would certainly come in handy. That that sound and the mist that takes on a blueness. A very welcome blueness. A great blue sentry box grown from nowhere. Nissa, quick, we've only moments to spare. Who's this? My friend, Mulberry. Good to know you, Mulberry. Inside, both of you. And Floyd, he's hurt. This isn't Noah's Ark. How many more of you? Just Floyd. Give me a hand with him. Take care. His leg. Wilson, come out here. Help carry him in while I affect an emergency takeoff. Coordinates set and door. Yes, sir. See what you can do for your friend Floyd. I'll tend to him. We soldiers know wounds. You'd better take him to the Zero Room. The new Zero Room? Is it ready? Yes, finally. And thank you, Doctor, for finally turning up. Uh, who's this? I should have remembered. Elliot Salient. What? Hold on tight! Here he comes! <laughs> What's happening? The picture's whited out. It's coming back. Flames. Dust. And nothing. A crater. It must be 30 feet deep. A huge crater. We'd have been blown to bits. 170 feet across, according to the databank. Around 300 Confederate soldiers died in the blast. What a way to lose a battle. Not so fast. There's more to come. How's our new friend over there? Well, his eyes are open. Wheel him over to the console. That chaise long is on casters. Well, Floyd, 
Who would you like to win? Uh, Confederates, sir. Watch the screen. The Union forces. They're rushing into the breach. They're gonna take the salient. No, wait. Look! They're running straight into the crater. Tumbling down. Helpless. Thousands of those Yankee soldiers. And the soldiers on the hill, gathering about the mouth of the crater. Like fish in a barrel. That's an untrained Union division down there who thought they were off duty. They were rushed into battle. To be blown away for target practice. It's a turkey shoot down there. Floyd, Floyd. War is horrible enough, but incompetent war is an abomination. What's that? What? Just that. Gone now. Didn't y'all see it? See what? I seen scurrying things. Like big steel rats. Shiny in the darkness. It's the fever, my lady. You're hallucinating, Floyd. I'm what? No, I saw... The zero room's what you need. Not far now. What's this shoebox doing down here under the console? That's your present. You haven't opened it yet. It's in my way. Take it. And pass me that wire, Spicer. Thanks. Just need to... I've been reading up on the Daleks in your databank. What makes you think there ever was an invasion? I was there during the Dalek occupation of Earth. And you were there when there wasn't a Dalek occupation, too. So I was. Exactly how much do you know about your uncle's work, Wilson? Uh, oh, uh, not much. Hmm. I feel calm unaccountably calm this truly is a wondrous chamber i know and i know what i saw out there and i did see him coming for me you're safe here in the zero room floyd they kind of slide along like they got no legs you'll feel much better soon you're kind miss nissa i ain't nothing but a worthless slave you're not worthless floyd Tell him, Mulberry. Every slave has value. In the marketplace, sometimes the price I didn't is... mean that... Look, that war we were caught up in, wasn't it all about freeing the slaves? Ain't slaves this war was about. What we're fighting for is the Constitution. Article 4, sovereignty of the states. Colonel Porton, he told me that. Fighting over words? Important words, Miss Nissa. Words like right, injustice and liberty, and freedom. You sound like the voices. Voices, miss? Yes, the voices. 
I've discovered these pockets of space-time filled with... Huh? We do not understand your words, Lady Nyssa. Pockets of space-time? Well, they're like whispers. I, too, heard whispers. On roads? One spoke of the Great Peace. I slept at my sentry post one night. The night's warden put me in irons. A hot night ahead of it. The flies and the dust. One time, my colonel whooped me and shoved me all night in a shell bunker. I heard him that night, I'll say. Was I in one of those pockets of yours? You heard them too, Floyd. At first I thought it was your Knights of Rhodes, Mulberry. <laughs> no enlightened voices came from them, my lady. But from somewhere. Floyd. Let him sleep, my lady. Is it fixed? Hmm. Fixed is rather a good word for it. It's definitely travelling on a course of its own. You mean you're not in control? I don't seem to be able to switch the time track crossing protection protocol back on. That seems to be affecting... Exterminate! Exterminate! Daleks? We are the supreme beings. You will obey the Daleks. That shoebox. Open it. Wilson, why did you bring this? We are the supreme beings! Everyone in school's been collecting them since last year. It's only a toy. I know it's only a toy, but why did you bring it with you? I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I just thought it would be, well, a good idea. And how did that idea get inside your head, exactly? I don't... Uh... No explanation. Just that there's no explanation for their being manufactured in the first place. Floyd's asleep. The Zero Room's doing its work. Wish I could say the same for the TARDIS. What's wrong? We're probably plunging to our doom. Why? The Time Track Crossing Protection Protocol. He can't switch it back on. Why did you switch it off? It's a long story. But there's a more pressing problem. More pressing than plunging to our doom? Remember these? Daleks? Why have you got a miniature Dalek in the TARDIS? Would you believe it's a toy? Wilton brought it here. Hi. Uh... Doctor, who is this? Wilton, Nissa is my very good friend. Nissa, Wilton is... Well, what exactly are you, Wilton? Well, I... Wilton is the nephew of General Tillington. Tillington? Should I know him? No, and neither should I, because he comes from Earth in the year 2158. And do you know what should be happening on Earth in the year 2158? Oh, no. Wouldn't that be... The beginnings the... of something terrible, an incurable plague, meteor bombardments... That's what should be happening on Earth, according to recorded history. The beginning of the Dalek invasion of yes, Earth. Yes, an occupation that lasted for ten years. And you were there. At the end, when they were finally defeated. And you're saying that someone's changed history? Yes. While you were away, the TARDIS's chronometers seemed to go haywire. I made a random landing to check them, but the readings were blank. I went outside to confirm the date. I found myself in 2158. And no Dalek invasion? No. And what's Wilton's uncle got to do with all this? He's the head of Global Warning. An organisation that has time technology several centuries before it should. How did that happen? I've no idea. But General Tillington knows about the Dalek invasion that never happened. The trouble is, his time technology is predicting another imminent Dalek invasion. Do you think this has anything to do with the voices? Voices? I think it'd be too much of a coincidence if it hadn't. That doesn't make sense. Very little does when it comes to time anomalies, Wilton. You want to put history back on the correct path, don't you? Do I? I suppose that would be the responsible thing to do, wouldn't it? You want to condemn us all to that plague and meteor stuff? That, that's inhuman. I'm not human. And who's to say this other invasion your uncle's time sensitives are predicting won't be a thousand times worse? No. Better the devil you know, Wilton. Better the devil you know. Hmm. Still no time readings on those chronometers. 
Maybe that's because your time protocol thing is off. Wilson, that's brilliant. What is? The time track crossing protection protocol. The Daleks don't have one. So their time journeys can overlap. Precisely. And every overlap causes an intersection, and every intersection potentially causes... An anomaly. So after their occupation of Earth was repelled, they doubled back on themselves and tried again. But they haven't tried again. Haven't they? Your uncle believes they're about to. And what about the toys? And the voices? The notion of Dalekness is somehow permeating through time. Is that what you think the voices are doing? I don't know. But we have to find out. We have to find the Daleks. What is it, Doctor? I have to risk everything. Force a materialization. It's the only way we're going to get our bearings and know where we are. Find the Daleks and stop them. Hold tight. It's beautiful. Or dangerous, both probably. You can never tell with jungles. That leg all right, Floyd? Right as rain, Mr. Doctor, sir. Hey, look, some big river over there, through the trees. Yes. Let's take a look. Where are we? Seems to be a reasonably benign planet. It's Earth. Look, these plants. Wild rice. Southeast Asia, then. Now, if only we knew when. Listen. What is it? Something mechanical. Helicopters. Smoke coming out of it. Not smoke, Floyd. Defoliant. Take cover! Oh. <coughs> I can't breathe! It's Agent Orange! Back to the TARDIS, quick! In the bushes there! Someone's shooting back! In the Viet Cong! Well, now we know when and where we are. In the Vietnam War! In the sky! Swift as swallows, but they're shooting fire! Jets! Air cover for the helicopters! And we're right in the middle of it! The TARDIS! We'll make a dash for it! The helicopter! It's been hit! <laughs> There's someone in the machine! Come with me, Mulberry. Nissa, get Wilton and Floyd into the TARDIS! Now! Major Hunterford in Cobra 3 to Central. <coughs> Are you getting this? I have a transport down situation here. <coughs> in fact, I have a transport damn well burning up all around me situation. And I'm stuck in someone out there banging on my window. What in Hold the... Hold on, we'll get you out. Who the hell are you guys? We're here to help. Oh, the idiots call it air cover, but they don't care who they hit. Your own plane shot you down. Friendly fire. Welcome to the war, Buster. Your ankle's broken. Yeah, big deal. Just get my foot the hell out of this gun mounting and let's go. Have you got a Mowbray? Yes. Hey, you big oaf, that hurts. Well, time to go, guys, before the gas tank gets cooked. Look, the scanner. They've got the pilot clear. Just in time, too. We're safe in this TARDIS, ain't we? From that Earth weaponry, yes. Here they come. Door, Wilton. You're right, Mulberry. Cannot breathe, and the flying lady has fainted. <coughs> like hell I have. It's just the darned ankle. Shut the door, Wilton. <coughs> that evil dust. Agent Orange. Nasty, isn't it? Territorial denial. Kills all the vegetation those gooks use for cover. The force of your terrible sky weapons is cast against the grass? 
You wage war on leaves? Don't get political with me, buddy. I just work here. You two take our new friend out of the Zero Room. Okay, here we go. You got him, Mulberry. What the hell is this place? Are you guys CIA? Pending a fuller explanation, hold that thought. I figured there was something spooky going on. Hey, quit that, Buster. Never mind, I'm a lady. I'm a goddamn major. Major Alice Hunterford, and you'll respect the rank. Me? I go by the Did you hear that? Yes. Only just. But the voices. I heard it too. Now, why should that suddenly... What's the matter, Doctor? Wilson, where's your toy Dalek? We left it on the floor over there. Well, maybe it got kicked out of the way when... Anyhow, it doesn't matter. I brought two more in my backpack. Here. Why did you bring toy Daleks? He doesn't know. Oh. They're gone? How did you know? Just a nasty guess. This is the damnedest structure I've ever seen. How much of this TARDIS thing is there? I don't know, Miss Alice. Me and Marbury's new here, just like you. Uh, but this chamber they call the Zero Room has magic in it. Zero Room? On account how much furniture they have in it? No furniture required, Miss Alice. Uh, take a look at this. I just lean right back and... And levitate? Mulberry, this guy's floating in the air. You just lie back too, Miss Alice. Take the weight off that ankle and let it heal. Floyd was near to death, but once he was laying back on the invisible pillows... Yes, just like that. Comfortable. Yeah. I gotta hand that to you. And let sleep come upon him as it now comes upon you. Oh, the ankle's getting kind of warm. Damn. Oh, I'm tired. I'll just take five. But let's not forget... There's war to be fought out there. What kind of army sends ladies out to fight? It's not classified as fighting. Defoliation. Non-combatant. <laughs> That's a laugh. The lady warrior sleeps. Freedom. Justice. Honor of the country. Dreaming of the war. And talking like the voices. Two years gone hence, when we came in ships to gain the island, Rhodes strove back against us with a mighty force of arms. The voices came to our aid. They filled our spirits with icy fire. And so we brought liberty to the island. Liberty, huh? Something had it captured? The people of Rhodes. We freed the island from their backwardness. We're going to build it into a great civilization. Where are you going? I just thought I'd stretch my legs. Like the lady said, see how much of this... Uh hardest thing there is. The doctor told us... A nice man, but he ain't my master. These days I can walk where I please, and I'm getting to like the idea. I won't be too long. What exactly is that thing doing? The tracker? I'm trying to find out where that transmission was aimed. Transmission? You mean the voices are transmission? Of a sort, they must be. But look at this, Nissa. You're picking up actinoidal energy. What? But the actinide series in the atomic table are a bunch of metals. Oh, my God. But they're radioactive. Don't worry, Wilton. This is time-suspended actinide. Time-suspended? Yes. Its energy, instead of running down like a clock, can be used to power devices. Like those toy Daleks. But they're just toys. That's what the people who built them think they are. But these toys seem to be moving of their own volition. Or someone else is controlling them. Through the voices? I think there's one close by. Is it dangerous? 
Doctor? I don't know. Hello. What are you up to? Where are your two friends? Do we follow it? If we want answers, I don't think we have a choice. Come on. are soaked into your very soul, warrior lady. Shh. We are all at peace here. I seen him! I knew I seen him! I seen him! Floyd? Floyd, what's happened? You're grey as a ghost. I seen him. Voodoo creatures stalking the corridors out there. Voices like, like a rusty gate giving me orders. They talking about, about exterminating me. What? What are you hollering about? Oh, can't a lady get some sleep around here? I said I've seen them before, but this time I'm sure. Creatures, metal creatures. Perhaps we should investigate. Only if he agrees to quit hollering. It's still just ahead of us. Let's see if we can catch up with it. Why? It might be... Come on! There it is. It's going faster. Then so must we. Come on. It's still going faster. It's speeding up again. And stop. But it'll get away. No, it won't. Look. It's slowing right down again. Like it's teasing us. Exactly. It wants us to chase it. Why? Look at the route it's been taking us on. Is that important? This, it's been leading us away from the console room. Why would it do that? The other two toy Daleks. They could be in the console room. I'd lay odds on it. What would they be doing there? I've no idea, but it's bound to be bad news for us. Come on, let's go back. Is that Dalek following it us? It is. Sounds a bit cross, doesn't it? Definitely more than a toy, I'd say. Can, can these things really hurt us? I'm not particularly keen on finding that out just now, Wilson. Faster, everyone! Come on! Interfaced with it. Get off there! Now! Right. Doctor, they could be dangerous. I don't care! Remove your hand from me immediately! Nissa, Wilton, give me a hand. We have to pull these things free of the console. Exterminate! It's electrocuting him! Doctor! 
The story continues on the second disc. If you don't want to delve behind the scenes of Renaissance of the Daleks yet, it's time to press eject. But do bear in mind that there now follows an interview with William Hope, who plays General Tillington. CD Extras. So, who are you playing in this? Nick, I'm playing uh, General Tillington in this particular episode, who I'm not sure whether he uh, comes back or uh, um, turns up at a future date, but um, he, he feels like somebody out of Doctor Strange, love. That's what I kind of got my cue from. Uh, <laughs> But it's madcap, a wonderful kind of role, and uh, Peter and I, Doctor Who and I, uh, get to do some really fun, lovely scenes. So it was a great pleasure to do. Yes, there's a sort of interrogation scene, but not quite an interrogation, isn't there? Yes, there's, and as ever, there's a slightly sinister element which creeps in, because we're never quite sure who's on whose side. Cosmic kind of politics going on, and... Uh, but the good guys win in the end, and they cooperate uh, for the time being. They uh, may come back to renegotiate a new day, but uh, no, it, it, we had quite a lot of interrogation and political stuff to do, which is always good because Doctor Who's that, you know, it's always got a political element to it, which is uh, fascinating. Now, there is a possibility that in some ways, the, the way the part is written, that it yeah. just it could all be bluster. So yes. what, what decisions do you feel you made to kind of... Um, well, what decisions did you make about that? Yeah, well, it's because it, Doctor Who is um, uh, a genre which has uh, been very well documented and developed. Um, it's a kind of cross between uh, having permission to be larger than life but at the same time being real and playing, one might almost say melodramatic in places. And so you need to, cartoon's too strong a word, but you want somebody who's got some size and color, but at the same time you can believe that he believes, he, he, you believe he means what he's doing, as opposed to just going for the gags and the laughs, which we nearly did in a couple of scenes. <laughs> How did this job come about for you? Uh, somebody came along and said, do you want to play a role in Doctor Who? I said, yeah. <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. That seems fairly logical. Right. Um, there, there's something that, in the past at Big Finish, when we've done stories that involve American characters, mm. that our American audience are quite critical of the authenticity yeah. of yeah. accents, you yeah. know. Um, and sometimes even when we, you know, we mostly cast American actors yeah. in those roles and, and yeah. sometimes they, they assume because it's a British production that w we're going to have people pretending to be American. Yeah. I mean, you're authentic, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, uh, born in Montreal, grew up in New York. But um, I think what happens is that uh, a lot of... Uh, because, well, you know, the BBC or uh, British production is... Uh, quite significant, and a lot of English actors do play Americans in TV and film and radio and all the rest of it. And uh, I think it's very difficult to get an accent absolutely uh, spot on or uh, accurate if you're not actually from the place or you've done a hell of a lot of work in that. And there's always, I always flip it around the other way. Think of the Americans you've heard trying to do English accents, and it's immediately apparent I mean, there are a handful of people who can really just cross over and do it perfectly without any difficulty at all. But uh, they're few and far between, I think. And, and so you do hear some pretty 
particularly on radio. I think radio can uh, uh, host a, a multitude of sins from an accent point of view. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, really bad American accents that happen. Um, but they, they get spot on as well. I, I don't know. You're probably a better judge of that than I am. Well, I mean, when you've only got the voice, it has to, it has to yeah. be right, doesn't yeah. it, really? Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you're immediately yeah. exposed as a charlatan. Absolutely. <laughs> Where are you based as an actor? Yeah, well, I, actually now, because I have kids and uh, my wife is English, she's allergic to Los Angeles, so I'm, I'm based in Clapham. Uh, I go back and forth. and But, I mean, if uh, living in a big city, if you like living in big cities, London's as good as it gets. I love London. is It's virtually a home now because my kids are... They sound like English people, because they are English people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you kind of... Because, uh, of course, people, when they they live in different countries, sometimes their accents yeah. slide to, yeah, to sort of, of fit in with the local colour, as it were. Do you make a conscious mm -hmm. effort to keep yourself American-sounding because it's advantageous professionally? Well, I, I think there's that, that's, a, that's a quite a complex question, because... It depends on what stage of your career or your life that you're at, because I actually worked as a so-called English actor in theater for many years, and people thought I was English, and then they finally said, oh, you do a really good American accent. I said, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, then TV and movies started to happen, and more American roles, and now it's the other way around, and people are going, oh, you're the American actor. And I say, well, actually, because uh, I had been here on and off for a number of years, and I think you go through phases of what it is that you're trying to present both as an actor who's meeting people but also as a performer and I think once you mature uh, quite a lot and you know ideally you should be able to do all kinds of accents I mean if you uh, look at any of the major stars who get asked to do a uh, whole range of different people from different countries um, but very few of them really know how to do it and I think you have to my theory is you have to live in a country to absorb and really understand the uh, uh, very subtle details. To, be a, to do an English accent to fool an Englishman, you've got to really understand what that's about, and vice versa, Americans. So I, I think a, a lot of Americans can... So the question is, have I changed... My, my accent slid all over the place, but I have to say, uh, when I get excited or angry or upset, I, it's my natural sounds come out in a flash. But, uh, yeah... That's usually the way, isn't it? Because then the controls are off and, you know... Yeah, yeah the, the, exactly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there about doing movies and yeah. a, a movie yeah. that a lot of people will know you from is yeah. Aliens because yeah. yeah. you're the guy who nearly killed yeah. all the heroes. Yeah. You always were an asshole, Gorman. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> How did that movie... What, yeah. At what point in your career did that movie come about? I have to think about that. I think I was probably... Let me see. Less than... I, I was asked to do... Full Metal Jacket by Stanley Kubrick, and uh, which I was really excited about. And then Jim Cameron, kind of seven, eight years into my career, I was doing some things about. That was when I started to do more American things, less English. And I'd just done quite a few Vietnam plays and things around Vietnam. And uh, I went and met Jim Cameron and his wife, Gail Ann Hurd, uh, for actually uh, Hudson. They wanted me to play Hudson. Um, or at least I was auditioning for Hudson, and then he said, well, what are you doing now? I said, oh, I'm about to do a movie with Stanley Kubrick, and he nearly fell off his chair because Jim Cameron was a physics uh, student, and he saw Kubrick's 2001 and thought, to hell with 
physics, I'm going to make movies. And it was that point. And, and so he, th I, I kind of, he, he, he thought, well, if this actor is good enough for Stanley Kubrick, I'm going to have him. So I didn't do Full Metal Jacket because it was a direct clash. And, uh, and then they changed their minds about what it was not having me play a psychotic, crazy, kind of uh, hard-ass, badass Marine. They had me play this more highly strung guy. Uh, Gorman, but it was uh, yeah an amazing experience. Yeah, what do you think the experience of that film uh, gave you career-wise? Exposure to all kinds of people, uh, doors opening left, right, and center. I went and lived in Los Angeles for just under a year after that film happened, and for through uh, stories too long to relate, uh, I actually it came to pass that L.A. was not going to be my base. I. Uh, it was more interested in theater. I was a lot of theater was happening at the time. I was doing movies, but it, it basically, I mean, I guess you could say somewhere in there, I'm part of the Hollywood pantheon. The kind of you know, uh, of it's a classic movie. Many, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Aliens, but a lot of people uh, love it, and it is a very very fine movie. And yeah. So uh, everyone's heard of it. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, so I'm. Uh, have a place. I have a, one film at least. So I'll go to my grave that people will say, "Oh yeah, yeah, he was in Aliens," <laughs> which can get a bit tiring. But um... but the interesting thing for me, it kind <clears> of <throat> uh, it absolutely when John was talking to me about the casting, yeah. it absolutely made me think, "Oh yes, he'll be good," not because it was the you didn't play the kind of Tillington right. character yeah. in that at all, but because it's actually such a sophisticated bit of characterization. It's you think, ah, oh, that was a good, you know. It sounds like horrible flattery, doesn't it? But I just, I just thought that that's a good actor. He can mm -hmm. do something mm -hmm. sophisticated and complicated, and that mm -hmm. that's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Well, that's great. Thank you. But that's all you can say to that, really, <laughs> isn't it? And, and thank you. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> and now Stuart Alexander. So Stuart, who are you playing in this? I'm playing the sergeant. And he's no longer the Sergeant Major. In the script, it says Sergeant Major, doesn't it? That's right. Uh, William, who played General Tillington, thought there weren't Sergeant Majors in the American Army. Uh, so we changed them to a Sergeant. I have to tell you that at one point in the scripting stage, the Sergeant was a woman. Well, uh, I could have done that as well. <laughs> I'm very versatile as an actor. <laughs> but... But we, we decided not to have a woman because we already had a very strong American voice in the character of Major Alice, who's in the TARDIS a lot, and we thought, it's just muddying the waters, we thought. Anyway, this is, that's me being interviewed <laughs> by me. <laughs> How did this job come about for you? Uh, John Ainsworth, the director who I've worked with before, uh, phoned me up and said he'd like me to be the Sergeant Major, who turned out to be the Sergeant. <laughs> And you'd worked with John before on other big Finnish stuff. I had The Plague Herds of Excellus, and also I did some of the Judge Dredd uh, big Finnish productions. Yes. I spoke to William about, you know, the whole thing of uh, uh, Americans working here. Is it an advantage to you, the accent? Are you, are you American? I'm Canadian, actually, but I, I don't... I knew that, really. I was just feeding you there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played a Canadian yet. Uh, <laughs> And I find it's it's been very good for me because it's I have an, I work for an agent who specialises in North American actors, and so people tend to go to him looking for that. So I'm sort of you know a smaller pool of actors here. 
And you've also just recently done uh, a Doctor Who on the television, as if I didn't know. <laughs> yes, because we met there. Because Because you did that as well. <laughs> I did. Yes, I was doing Daleks in Manhattan. It was. And I thought, I'm, I was nice to see they let you in the room for this production. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just a disembodied voice, aren't you? <laughs> yes, that's right. I was, I was sitting outside. I always say to people, um, when you watch Doctor Who and the Daleks are in it, whatever wall you can see, I'm behind yes. it. <laughs> Did you have fun on the TV series? I did. I had great fun. I think it's the fourth episode of the next series, which is the third series. Uh, and it was great fun because it's set in New York, so they got an American actor in, and I got to be on top of the Empire State Building. And it was fantastic. The production values were amazing because I've been to the Empire State Building in New York, and it looked exactly like the inside of it. And then I had to go outside on top of the Empire State Building, which not a lot of people know is in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's one of the, we were talking earlier about the, the helipad, weren't we, yes. in Cardiff. They they love to use that for any any top of a building or any open space in the Doctor Who episode. That's where they are. Yeah. It's quite unpleasant there, isn't it? Well, it was on the night that uh, we were filming, though it was quite fortunate for the production because in the script it said howling rain, howling rain and winds. And there were winds and howling rain, but not enough. So they also brought in two wind machines that they pointed at us in the howling wind and rain uh, and had to get closer and closer. So it was really blowing us. And then, you know, we'd be kneeling there, waiting for them to set up, and then a, a helicopter would come and land on the helipad, which is rather inconvenient. So we'd have to wait a while longer. But, I mean, in the end, we got all the shots, and it was great fun, because by the time this comes out, I can reveal that the Daleks come back. And I've done many great, you know, parts in, in, in some, you know, quite big films. But when I've told people that I'm in Doctor Who and that I met a Dalek in England, they are more excited about that than anything else I've ever done. That's incredible, isn't it? It is, uh, it's it is. great, though, great. Yeah. But it was in Wales, not England. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a difference. So you did have to interact with the Dalek? Well, actually, I think, as you know, the Dalek came in out of the lift because they still don't climb stairs, do they? They do, they do. Oh, do they? They were just taking the lift. All oh, right, they took the lift ride. Yeah, case. yeah. Uh, it came out of the lift just after I'd left the scene. But so as as uh, as the character in the episode, I didn't interact with him. But as a human being and an actor, I did. And I got to see the little man they put inside there as well. You provide the voice, but there's that little man that goes in there, isn't there? Tiny. <laughs> Luckily, he's not here to hear that. Uh, I remember, actually, there was... I think you say you all left the room. I think there was a take, actually, where the, the lift opened before you'd all gone, which I just thought was hilarious. Mm. You know, there's the Dalek revealed there, and you're not supposed to see him. No. Hello. <laughs> 1930s New York. Oh, oh, yeah, it's the coffee and donuts. They send that little guy over all the time. <laughs> so you've had fun today. Are you, you're, are you all done here I'm for Renaissance of the Daleks? Yes. Yeah, it was great fun. And... Uh, Nice to work with Peter Davidson, because I hadn't worked with him before, and he's great fun as well. Really good. Yeah. You also had to do a bit of uh, a shouting, didn't you, at the end there? Yes. Could you explain something about that? 
Well, in the background of the scenes where it's all very exciting and where actually I'm talking with the general, we also played the parts of all the people that you hear mumbling in the background, and none of us mentioned the word rhubarb but once. <laughs> and weren't you being American Civil War soldiers as well? We were being that as well. We were on the northern, northern side. I have no idea what this has to do with this episode. I was just told that I was charging uphill and I might perhaps be wounded if I liked or call for a medic. <laughs> so we did lots of that. And what, what is the favourite word you used during that improvising? Donuts. <laughs> Okay, folks, listen out for Stuart's Donuts. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Just ahead of us. Let's see if we can catch up with it. Why? It might be. Come on! <laughs> there it is. It's going faster. Then so must we. Come on! It's still going faster. It's speeding up again. And stop! But it'll get away. No, it won't. Look. It's slowing right down again. Like it's teasing us. Exactly. It wants us to chase it. Why? Look at the route it's been taking us on. Is that important? This it's been leading us away from the console room. Why would it do that? The other two toy Daleks. They could be in the console room. I'd lay odds on it. What would they be doing there? I've no idea, but it's bound to be bad news for us. Come on, let's go back. Is that Dalek following it us? It is. Sounds a bit cross, doesn't it? Definitely more than a toy, I'd say. Can, can these things really hurt us? I'm not particularly keen on finding that out just now, Wilson. Faster, everyone! Come on! Exterminate! Interface with TARDIS console now complete. Coordinates set. Course change effected. Now engaging TARDIS power source. They're on the console. They've kind of interfaced with it. Get off there. Now. Right. Doctor, they could be dangerous. I don't care. Remove your hand from me immediately. Nissa, Wilton, give me a hand. We have to pull these things free of the console. Exterminate. It's electrocuting him. Doctor! It's all right. It's not lethal. It's just very uncomfortable. I don't think they have enough power to... Uh, Wilson, we've got to drain the charge off. What? But are you sure? I'll grab the doctor and you grab me. Now! I think we broke it. Good. Now for the other one. Where's it gone? I don't know. Can't see it anywhere. It must have skedaddled. And what about the one that was chasing us? 
I think they've achieved what they came here to do, Nissa. You mean? I, I told you! That's what I saw! You seen them? Them's the things that I saw! Okay, okay, Floyd. We saw whatever they were. N Nissa, what were those things? You saw the toy Daleks? We saw two upturned silver jars. Whatever they were. Just shot right past us in a real hurry to get somewhere. Toy what? Daleks. Except those weren't toys. And I'd like to find out exactly what they are. Hmm. So what happens now? Maybe you could explain exactly what How's you your ankle, Major? Uh, Alice will do, Doctor. I'm good now, thanks to these two guys. Good, good, Alice. Well, well, that's splendid. What are you thinking, Doctor? What am I thinking? Well, I've got a TARDIS full of strangers, and, uh... Yes, the TARDIS has been locked on course to an undisclosed destination by a couple of toy Daleks. That's what I'm thinking, Nissa. Well, at least we're no longer plunging towards our doom. You mean the Daleks saved us? Saved by the Daleks. Now, there's an irony. The fact is, I don't know what the Daleks have done or where we're going. And this ship, or whatever it is, is yours? Yes. Just what kind of a pilot are you? The kind who needs some answers. Wilson, you're with me. Where are we going? The TARDIS's laboratory. Nissa, keep an eye on our course. See if you can work out where we're going. Let me know the moment anything changes or if you come up with any answers. And what answers are you going to look for? Daleks, voices, invasions. Wilson, we're going to talk actinoids. Come on. Hey, what about us? Uh, Nissa will look after you, won't you, Nissa? Make sure they don't touch anything. Are we in danger? Constantly, I imagine. Wilton? Well, looks like you're the babysitter, Nissa. I'm afraid there's not much we can do except wait. Wait for what? Um, well... She don't know. Neither of them know nothing. We're trapped in a, I don't know, some kind of flying palace with a couple of ignoramuses. It doesn't look too easy to fly this thing. It's often more luck than judgment. Don't you have any flight manuals? It's all in the data bank. Data bank? But none of that's any use just now. Oh, right. Right, electron probe. Ah. Doctor, why did you say we'd be talking actinoids? Hmm? Yes, actinoids. I only know what you told me. Radioactive metals that are somehow frozen in time. So instead of decaying, they preserve their energy. So? Well, so you can design something like a Dalek toy that taps into that energy. I'm just guessing that bit. Good guess, though. Which means you'd need some kind of time conduit built into the actinoid to control the energy release. Was there ever any talk about time conduits at your uncle's facility? Were his timeline technicians developing something along the lines of this? Pocket interocity? Uh, I don't know. Why would I know? Because you're spying for your uncle, aren't you? I... Oh, come on, Wilton. No need to be bashful. How else would you be able to apparently rescue me, and why else would you force your way into my TARDIS on the flimsiest of pretext? I wasn't born yesterday, you know. Your uncle seemed quite interested in Nissa's interocitor. Isn't that a name from some old sci-fi movie? Yes, just my little joke. So what do you really know about actinoidal technology? Uh, well, I've read about quantum entanglement, but I don't understand how you use it for... For temporal communications. Split a quark and you get two subparticles that behave as if they're in communication, even if you separate them across time and space. But you can't run a classical physics communication across a quantum link. Well, it is a philosophical impossibility. In Infuriating, isn't it? So how do you do it? How does General Tillington do it? He doesn't have anything as advanced as so this. So he does have something, then. 
I'm not supposed Thanks to... Thanks for putting me in the picture, Milton. But I... And somehow the Daleks are using this technique to transmit power and instructions to their toy counterparts. Doctor, you better come and take a look at this. Doctor, urgent, from Nyssa. Something's up with the TARDIS navigation. She needs you right away. Ain't this been working now? It's traveling, Floyd, but it's never done this before. Oh, Doctor, thank heavens. That doesn't sound healthy. What's happening, Nyssa? I think... Well, I know it doesn't make sense, but I think the TARDIS is traveling sideways. Sideways through time? Sideways through time. That's a bit of a worry. In fact, more of a potential calamity. And now we appear to be going faster in whichever direction we're traveling. At least it doesn't seem to be doing so much damage to the old girl now. They clearly want us there in one piece. The Daleks? Or whoever is behind these voices and controlling those toy Daleks. When did you first hear these voices, Nyssa? You've heard them too. Mulberry and Floyd have, haven't you? All of my life. Me too. What about you, Alice? Well, I guess... Oh, I don't know. You know, sometimes when I dream... Uh, we heard you dreaming. You were hearing them all right. I'm certain of it, Major. Interesting. Perhaps they become less of a conscious phenomenon the more the human race develops. When I started hearing them in the TARDIS, the Doctor called me Joan of Arc. Yes. Of course, hearing voices was no joke for poor Joan. Those voices she heard telling her to chase the English out of France were deadly serious. The voices were speaking to you, Nyssa? Not to me, but I heard them. And became very Joan of Arcish about inventing some way of tracking them through time. It was the voices that gave me the idea. Communication across space and time, a near impossible scientific proposition, but you worked out how to do it. Not exactly. It's still very unreliable. I might be able to fix that one day, but that's not the point. You said it was the voices that gave me the idea. I didn't mean it literally came from them. Well, at least I didn't think of it. Oh, so you're saying... Yes, that's what I'm saying. Where is it now? Your pocket interocitor? The doctor's got it, haven't you? Come on, then. Let's see if we can hear anything. Salutes of time and space commend us to this venture. A fight for freedom has begun, mightier than the universe has ever seen. They're certainly saying something, being very positive about it. But what exactly? <laughs> We've hit something! Hold on! What's happening? Get a grip, everybody. The whole place is shivering, and I don't blame it. The heavens are descending on our heads. Hang on, man, till we appraise this. It's not the end of the world. It might be. Hold tight. If I can just... Anybody hurt? Mildly bruised? Miraculous survival. Yeah, we're okay. Nissa, Alice? And the console seems to be... 
Yes, if I'm not mistaken, control restored. Look at this, Nissa. Nissa? Doctor, look, the scanner. What kind of planet is that? Zoon's a, a place of light. It, its radiance cleanses my eyes. A white landscape glowing in the light of those suns, hundreds of them. Like ice, snow. What is it? Sideways through time into a parallel universe. Not parallel. The time tracks would never meet. This must be the point where all the time tracks converge. Like a, a kind of north pole of time? It's beautiful. All that iridescence. Something dead deep on the edge of the shining. Looks like a, a sharp blue mountains. Or a vast distant city. Some kind of structure. Nissa, can you zoom in on that? No, they're not mountains. Non-natural artifacts. At least... Perhaps it's not really out there. What we're seeing. What do you mean, Wilson? Philosophical impossibilities? Hmm. Well, it's my TARDIS, so it's my responsibility. Nissa's in charge. Of what? Oh, and of course, you, Major, will be Chief Advisor. I'm going out there. I'll give you cover. Cover? Like a tarpaulin? I'm talking weapons, Doctor. Ah, no weapons in the TARDIS. And in these circumstances, I can't see them being a lot of use. Unless the toy Daleks come out from wherever they're hiding. You worry too much, Wilton. Open the door, Nissa, and close it immediately. I'm outside. Good luck, Doctor. Wait. Take the pocket into Rossiter. If anything happens... Thanks. What's out there, Doctor? The light's so bright. Takes a bit of getting used to. Those big structures in the distance. Mulberry's right. Looks to me like a city. A city built out of... Doctor? Doctor, don't go wandering off. You don't know if... Uh, Nissa, watch out! What? The silver jars, milady. I'm guessing these things are meant to be dangerous. Silence! Only in a limited way. Their power... We now have a direct connection to our power source. You will not be able to overpower us this time. Yes, sir. Come on out. I think it's fairly safe. You are our prisoners. You will obey. You're only toys. Uh -oh. We now have lethal firepower. You will obey us. All right. Don't shoot. Hands up, everyone. I assume you do know what that means. You will evacuate the TARDIS, all of you. Move! Move! I see what they are now. Those structures. Nissa! Here, Doctor. But we're not alone. Oh. They took us by surprise. It's all my fault. Why the hell did I bring them with me? I don't think you had a choice, Wilton. Don't worry, Doctor. First chance we get to jump these things? Ready, boys? As that really isn't a good idea. The Doctor will raise his hands! And what are you going to do with us now? You will come with us to our city! Or... You will be exterminated! Just checking. Right, that's it. Back in that blue box! Run! Stop! Stop! Do not move! Alice, no! Quickly, Nissa! Hold! And with the door shut, you haven't a hope of getting them out of there. They are primitives from Earth's ancient history. They can do no harm to us. We will leave them. You, Doctor, the boy and the girl will come with us immediately. Move! <sighs> we made it. Yeah, but just us three. What are they up to out there? Uh, walking towards the city across the white ground. The silver jars are driving them like sheep. Okay, 
So we have a hostage situation. I cannot believe there are no damn weapons on this ship. All this technology and not even an RPG. RPG? What's that? Rocket propelled grenade, Floyd. What the hell war were you fighting in, soldier? We're fighting, Miss Alice. Non-combat. Like you said you were. Uh, technicality. Mulberry? They're fading into the brightness. Search the place. There's gotta be something here we can use. Looks like snow. Or oh, clouds. Solid clouds you can walk on. Yes, they seem solid enough, but I'm still wondering whether you might be right, Milton. Right? About what? Philosophical impossibilities. This place isn't really here? You'd need to define really, of course. Silence! The prisoners will not speak! Or we'll be exterminated! Nonsense. Doctor, careful! They're taking us to the city for a reason. If they exterminate us, I'll be astonished. If they exterminate you, you'll be too dead to be astonished. There's a certain logic in that, yes. So if they're not going to shoot us, why not just make a run for it? That's reasonable. Unfortunately, the Daleks aren't reasonable. Doctor, what are you doing? Just switching on the interocitor. Why? What good will... Shh, Wilton, keep your voice. Silence! You will not speak! A little song, then. <sighs> Ain't nothing here I recognize as a weapon. You want me to search the whole place? We fall back on Plan B. Plan B? Give me some time to figure out how this console thing works. You're going to fly it? Nissa said there's a manual in the data bank query system. Okay, Mr. Data Bank Query System. Let's see if we can get some flying instructions around here. What's that? Unauthorized access. Oh, yeah? Says who? It's them voices again. Not as I would recognize them. Hey, you guys, I'm trying to concentrate. The machine seems to think I'm rated for general information only. How come? You ain't a general. What the hell is that noise, anyway? It, it's coming from there. Looks like a speaker. So maybe this is the volume control. Here goes. General Tillington? Something's coming through. At last. Let's see what young Wilton's got for us. Take me to it, Sergeant. Yes, sir. This way. 33 months developing this temporal communicator, and we finally picked up a signal. Hmm, have we got a fix on the when and where? Unidentifiable. Here, sir. Let me try some correction filters. Mm -hmm. Three blind mice. Come on, Nissa. There's nothing to sing about. This is serious, and you're starting to annoy the toys. Good. One more chorus. Three blind mice. Three blind mice. Three blind mice. See how they run. Screwy. But it could be a battle code. They're sending us a message, Miss Alice. Yep. Telling us to get the hell out of here. That ain't the message. Oh, right. And your version, smartass? They're singing. Loud. The doctor's saying he wants to get our attention. That's the message? No, that ain't the message. The message is coming when we start listening. Three blind mice. Another couple of minutes and we'll be there. I need a rest. The prisoners will keep moving. Oh, will they? Watch out, Wilton. These things are really dangerous. They won't kill us. The doctor said so. They won't kill all of us, but I suspect at least one of us is dispensable. All right, I'm moving, I'm moving. Three doctor, blind mice. Doctor, look. Structures. But can you see what they're made of? Daleks. Towers of them stacked up into the sky. Incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Millions and millions of full-size Daleks locked together, bonded like molecules. 
the doctors talking to us. Told you there'd be a message. Shh. I'm trying to concentrate on this data thing. Millions of them. But why'd they want to go stand on each other's heads like that? But why would the Daleks make a city out of... The prisoners will keep moving as we approach the city. Move. Their slave mentality, perhaps, or just a cheap and easy way to create large building structures. Are you serious? Do you think there are Dalek mutant creatures inside all of them? I can't see why they'd want to waste themselves like that. But you remember Logopolis, of course. Logopolis? What's that got to do with this place? Look, more Daleks. A welcoming committee. Full-size Daleks at that. We will escort the prisoners into the city. Escort? Well, that sounds very neighborly. If this place is their home, we damn well do have to get out of here. No, we must stay to give succor. We can't leave our comrades captives. Moby's right. We gotta do the right thing here. The right thing is to obey a superior officer. You being a major don't coax me on jot, Miss Alice. I ain't even in your American army. I'm a confederate, and I'm proud to say that. A confederate? You lost that war, soldier. Oh, please. If we quarrel amongst ourselves, we are all lost. Lady Alice, you think you can learn to control the motion of this strange vehicle? Hey, when you've trained for Cobras, you're fit to fly. But it would help if I had clearance into that flight instruction manual. Enter. The prisoners will be confined here. So much for your neighborliness theory, Doctor. I can't see much. Are those Daleks? Two of them are, guarding the door. But all those others, all around us. Nissa, hold the pocket interrosseter up a bit higher. There's enough of a glow to see where we are. Yes, look. The walls. Hundreds of interlocked Daleks. Hmm, just empty battle casings. Are they just casings, Doctor? If it's like Legopolis... Legopolis? What's that? A planet of mathematicians. They sat in rows, in caves carved into the rock. Their incantations were computations, passed from one to another down the line. Legopolis was... Was another place, another time. It's the here and now we need to think about. We need a plan of some sort. A plan or a plane. Doctor, what are you talking about? A plan or a plane or a planet. Earth would be a useful planet to have to hand right now. I recognize that voice. Doctor, you're rambling. Thought so, the doctor. General. Global warning alert level has gone to red as of 1,200 hours today. Worldwide authorities have been informed. Our time sensitives are starting to visualize the Dalek invasion. Then we need to get a message to the doctor. He's got to help us now. We're working on that now, General. I don't want working on, Sergeant. I want it working, period. Pronto! A plan, a plane, or a planet? Is this guy even sane? Of course. A, a planet requires a people, and a plan requires a pupil. A pupil? Oh, yes. Someone to teach the plan, too. And a plane, of course, requires a pilot. Now, if we had a plan, a plane, and a planet, along with a pupil, a pilot, and some people, we might make some headway. Plan, a plane, and a planet? Oh, he's not crumble, this doctor. I wouldn't want him in my company. The, the man's trying to tell us something. Oh, please. Uh, no, sure. Just doesn't want these... Dalek things to catch on? A pupil, a pilot, and some people. Well, 
I'm a pilot. And we're people. So who's the pupil? Oh, that'll be me, because he figured I'm smart. Someone to teach the plane, too. Yes. You want to learn to fly this thing, Miss Alice? The TARDIS is the plane? Okay, okay. I'll buy it, for now. So what next? Not enough him being wacko. He wants to drive us all crazy. No, no, Miss Alice. It's the message. He's sending you the message. You said it wasn't the message. You said he was singing to get our attention. You're right. I did. He was. But now it's the message. You gotta see them little blind mice in your mind. See what they running after. After the farmer's wife? How can they do that if they're blind? That's right, Miss Alice. They blind. Yeah, as well as tone deaf. Flying blind. That's it. He's saying there's some kind of autopilot system in this thing. Three blind mice. Careful, Doctor. Those two by the door are taking an interest. Miss, find someone to hide the pocket into rust. The door. Uh, it's so bright. What, what, what is that? That's no Dalek. No. No, no, it's humanoid. Oh, gross. I hope it didn't hear that. I hear every word, Nissa. In every language. I am the Greylish. must be the activator control. Yep, it's on autopilot. Okay, guys, it's set to home in on that radio signal the doctor's sending out. Can you drive this vehicle now, Lady Alice? I think... Well, I, I think I can put it in motion. Where it ends up is way above my pay grade. That don't sound too good to me, Major. Oh! oh! If you and your friends will follow me, Doctor... Nissa, you hid the interocitor. Pushed it into the snowy stuff. It's huge. All this vast, vast space. I'm not sure it is all space. No, you are right, Doctor. This expanse is not space at all, but time. An island of time, carved out of the dimensional nullity. 
How do we do now, Miss Alice? Cross your fingers, Floyd. All of them. This is the Dome of Time. I have allowed it to become the Daleks' foundry. You have? The Daleks have made this place their home, then? Yes, you could say that. Very much so. It's more like a cathedral. But all these installations... Like booths at an exhibition. Models, diagrams... And those look like battle plans. Rather like your Uncle Sifak. Yeah. We're standing in the middle of a Dalek battle base. Shut the TARDIS door behind you, Mulberry. Hey, I just trod on something. Yeah, I see it. But dig it up, Floyd. Hey, look. A doctor's radio thing. Well, it's no weapon. It might come in handy. And now we rescue them. Don't rush me, buddy. We need to scope out the scene first. The pantemporal ambience is a vantage point that looks down through the time tracks and sees the whole chronology of folly. An overview of the history of war, hence the time tracks between Earth's wars. From Rhodes to Petersburg to Vietnam. You're monitoring the history of human aggression. Why? Isn't there enough evil already in a Dalek? A narrow judgment, Doctor. The Daleks observed and learnt. Learnt what? They learnt to encourage. Encourage? To inspire with hope, courage or confidence. Sound familiar, Nissa? The voices. It's some form of mental conditioning, isn't it? Preparing mankind for something. Making their minds receptive to Dalek thoughts, concepts. The voices are trillions of Daleks communing with one another. Trillions? There can't be more than several million Dalek minds in this structure. Yes, there's something else. Oh, you are right, Doctor. There certainly is something else. It took all the power of the Dalek-structured mindshare to devise this renaissance of the Daleks. Ah, here comes the Dalek project leader. Let him tell you the story. The Doctor and his companions will accompany me. Is it compulsory? You shall see the process. But first, the cleansing chamber proceeds. This airstream will remove contaminants from your bodies. Oh, yes, because unlike the Daleks, we're less than perfect, of course. Correct, Doctor. We Daleks are unimprovable. How very modest of you. But in the course of our history, we have learned to extend our inherent capabilities. Yes, you've managed spaceflight. And don't forget time travel. Oh, yes, I never forget that. No actual evolution of the Dalek itself, though. Just that Dalek brain at the core of an electromechanical battleshell devising ever more evil plans. So what's new? You're not going to say you've decided to evolve, are you? Our design has proved equal to all challenges. Now we have augmented it. It is all a matter of scale. Oh, scale? You mean the Dalek toys? No, Wilton, I think it's more than that. I think... Oh, no. Ah, I see you begin to understand, Doctor. What are you thinking, Doctor? The Daleks are using actinoidal energy to control toy Daleks. They're transmitting that energy across space and time. But why? Precisely. Why use the voices to encourage and create certain conditions on Earth? Conditions that make humanity susceptible to Dalek concepts. Conditions for the manufacture of billions of empty toy Daleks with actinoidal energy receptors. 
And why make something empty unless you intend to fill it? I think we're about to find out. You are correct, Doctor! You will enter. Observe! It's a magnification screen, isn't it? Yes. It's the whole production line. All those tiny particles. A virus? No need for impatience, Doctor. You may increase the magnification. This control. Proceed. Doctor! Oh, no. Shush back there, you two. You don't know who may be listening. I never said a word, Miss Alice. Nor I. Well, I sure heard somebody talking. Coming from the device, Floyd. The voices again. Who on earth? What the hell is he doing breaking radio sounds at a time like this? Pass it over, Floyd. Hey there, do you read me? We read you, whoever you are. Listen to me. This is General Tillington. Chief of Staff, Global Warning, Earth. What we need here is an urgent hookup with the doctor. Over. Nano-Daleks? But why? And how? I'd like to know that too. All of them are generated from one living Dalek, which only generations of breeding have been able to perfect. Which Dalek would that be? The seed Dalek is copied to the replicator tube, and copies then pass into the resizing matrix. Each miniaturized Dalek creature is protected from the environment by its scaled-down battle shell. Why are you doing this? What possible reason? The voices have done their work. Now the Dalek occupation of Earth can take place bloodlessly. The nano-Daleks, as you call them, will be disseminated from the Dalek toys and will enter each and every human on Earth. All human brains will become receptive to Dalek commands. A little like you, Kralish. They will become the willing, contented slaves of the Daleks, only too pleased to welcome the Dalek occupation. And you, Kralish or whoever you are, you help the Daleks do this. I am merely the rising tide that floats all boats. And what precisely have you allowed to float, Kralish? The Dalek toys as receptors distributed across Earth among children. The nano-Daleks, a stream of dust down the time tracks into the Dalek toy receptors. Not a blunt destructive invasion this time. A renaissance indeed. But why are you demonstrating it to me so beautifully, hmm? What exactly are you after? Seek and locate prisoners. Prisoners must be captured. Okay, General Tellington. Understood. Hey, I gotta cut and run. I think they found us. Over and out. Them Daleks again. Nowhere to hide. Surrender. Surrender. The prisoners will surrender. This is it, boys. Oh, come on. You must have brought me here for a reason. What is it? The primitive humans have been located and captured. Exterminate them. No. Hey, you you do not wish them to die. You know the answer to that. Then you will obey our commands. You see, the Daleks have craved your indulgence for some time, Doctor. As simple as that, is it? I suppose it always is with you lot. What do you want of me? Your total obedience! Move!
All Red Alert contingency conditions are in deployment, sir. A permanent worldwide curfew is imposed until further notice. That pretty well puts a lid on it, General. Except that our TLT still can't tell us exactly when the darn invasion is gonna happen. What's the matter with Wilton? He had his orders! <sighs> we need to hear from the doctor. I demand to see your commanding officer. You bubble tanks can't push a major around like this. Silence! Don't antagonize them, Alice. They're far more dangerous than the toy versions. Hey, Doctor. Yeah, at least you guys are alive. Wow, you really did manage to get the TARDIS to work. We got your message, Mr. Doctor. That's human beings for you. Infinitely resourceful. I had thought you might be able to help us escape, unfortunately. Doctor, look. What are they up to? What cargo do the Dalek jar creatures carry in those large black caskets? Good question, Aubrey. You will be allowed to return to Earth! Don't tell me, as long as we take these crates of yours. A time track has been prepared that will take you to the exact point in time and space when the new Dalek invasion of Earth will begin. All you have to do set your craft in motion. You mean the moment we activate the TARDIS, we'll be trapped in a Dalek time corridor. Correct! Doctor, open the TARDIS or we will exterminate the humans! Tell you what, I'll open the doors to the TARDIS if you tell me what's in those crates. All right, I'll make it easy for you. Are they full of nano-Dalek dust? Hmm. hmm. Well, let's just suppose they are, shall we? What would that mean? What do you think, Nissa? If they're already going to transmit the nano-Dalek dust across time and space, and into the Dalek toys by using actinoidal energy, then I can't see why they want... Oh, I see. You're stuck for bandwidth, aren't you? Exactly right, Nissa. Open the door or the humans will die! There you are. No need to panic. Load the crates into the TARDIS immediately! We obey! What do you mean, stuck for bandwidth? There's a limit to the nano-Dalek quantities each toy can handle. Even with millions of Dalek toys back in your time on Earth, it will take far too long to achieve a useful concentration. Does this mean we're going home? Uh, don't get excited, Alice. We're part of the Dalek invasion of Earth. That sounds bad. You mean these metal things are going to usurp the Confederacy? It's worse than that, Floyd. They found a way to improve on their original plan. They're going to deliver billions of nano-Daleks all at once, using the TARDIS. I didn't follow that last bit, but I'll go with the Major. That sounds bad. Grealish, surely you can't allow this. This will cause major upheaval in time. The Dalek invasion of Earth has already happened. It was a success, but ultimately the occupation failed. I have no views. I am the impartial moderator here. Although I feel I must point out that the Dalek occupation failed only because of your intervention. You are an outsider, meddling in the shape of the time tracks. You can hardly blame the Daleks for wishing to rectify the situation. All crates now loaded into the TARDIS! Doctor! Only you are required to operate the TARDIS! So if I refuse to cooperate, you'll execute my friends one by one until I change my mind. You understand us well, Doctor! Everyone, inside the TARDIS now! Quickly! <laughs> Everyone in. Now what? Doctor, look, on the scanner! You are predictable, Doctor! You have done exactly what the Daleks expected of you, Doctor. I know, but sometimes there's no choice, is there, Graylish? Of course, I could just do nothing. Nothing? 
You mean just sit here? Yes. You're kidding, aren't you? No. Forever, Doctor. Well, the moment I dematerialize the TARDIS... We'll be stuck in a Dalek time corridor to Earth. And when we arrive, how exactly... The Greeks are programmed to burst through the spatial-temporal shell of your craft the moment it completes materialization. That could destroy the TARDIS, Doctor. Do the Daleks have that power? I rather think they may have. So the only flaw in your plan is you're not allowing for me to just sit here for eternity. Your plan relies on me activating the TARDIS. Correct. Then, by just standing here and doing nothing, I've defeated you. But we know the Daleks will be transmitting the other nano-Daleks down the time tracks to the Dalek toys. That'll still happen. But too slowly. Wilton's uncle is expecting a Dalek invasion, isn't he? That's for sure. And he wanted you to help him stop it. So if this new Dalek invasion happens too slowly, General Tillington might find a way to defeat it. General Tillington? And the Daleks will have ultimately failed again. Is that what you saw in the time tracks, Graylish? You're at the centre of all this, aren't you? You will attempt to defeat us, Doctor. You will not be able to resist... Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Are you trying to goad me? What about General Tillington, Alice? Well, we were just talking to him on your... Interocitor? You've got I accept your challenge, but before I go, Greylish... Doctor... A query for you to ponder. If you and your pantemporal ambience exist in all of time at once, and you merely allow the Daleks to make this place their home, you should know of a time before they arrived. Think about it. Right, that's enough chat. Time to fall into the Daleks' trap. Uh, is this a good idea? Alice, get me that interocitor. What the hell is that, Sergeant? Shut that noise off! It's the time-sensitive, sir. Pre-construction suddenly just... became solid. They've got an absolute fix on the Dalek invasion. 1835 hours. But that's in... just over 15 minutes. Where? General Tillington, come in, please. Hello? Doctor, is that you? Yes, I need your help, General. You need our help? Uh, General, are your laser defenses working? I want you to target them at the exact position where I originally landed the TARDIS. Can you do that? Well, we can do it, Doctor. What are we firing at? Me. The TARDIS. That's where the time track ends. Blackfriars Bridge. What? But, Doctor... Look, you? The moment the TARDIS starts to materialize, blast it with everything you've got. Are you are not crazy? serious. But why? Surely... Don't argue with me, General. The Daleks are using my ship as the invasion spearhead. Is this true, Wilton? It... It is, sir. You're a brave man, Doctor. Uh, I hope not. I knew you'd see sense in the end. Yes, never mind all that, General. Just get your defense array retargeted. We salute you, Doctor. This General spoke truly, Doctor. You are brave to sacrifice your own life for the sake of... What about our lives? But the TARDIS can't be destroyed by laser beams, can it, Doctor? Can't it? I'm hoping not. The lasers will, however, trigger the HADs. Hostile action displacement system. I remember. What the hell does that mean? If the outer shell is attacked, the TARDIS instantly dematerializes and heads for a randomly selected, safer landing place. Where? Tennessee, maybe? Uh, maybe, but not likely, Floyd. Hey, don't take me back to Nam if you can help it. The point is that if Tillington fires 50 gigawatts of laser power at the TARDIS, the moment he catches sight of it, we'll automatically dematerialize before we fully landed. We'll have about, uh, ooh, 30 seconds grace in the time vortex before we land fully and those crates burst out of the TARDIS. And what are we doing in those 30 seconds? We regain control of the TARDIS and, well, hold tight.
This is it. Don't let me down, General. Do what generals are best at and... There it is! Open fire! That's it. The hatch is engaging. Everyone, hang on to something. What are you going to do, Doctor? Open the TARDIS doors. While we're in the vortex? While we're in the vortex, open the doors and let the crates fly out. Everyone hanging on? Yes. Yeah. Open sesame! Ah! I've got you, Major! I've got you! Uh, hey, the crates aren't moving! What's that noise? I think the crates are activating! But they're not... they're not moving! What's going to happen? These things going to blow us sky high? Something like that, Floyd. Perhaps if we could just... Oh. <laughs> Mulberry! No! Mulberry, what are you doing? These crates need to... to be pushed out. Yes, Mulberry, but if you... Mulberry, should... take my hand! If you push the crates out, you'll be sucked out into the time vortex with them! You mustn't and do that! so will you if I take your hand, Doctor. Nissa, is this the way to save the world? Nissa? Mulberry, please! Don't... Doctor? What's going on now? The TARDIS is relocating, landing again. Mowbray! If I push these crates out, it'll save the world. Is that so, Nissa? Speak true, my lady. Yes, Mowbray, but you no. don't... Then, goodbye, my lady! No! Where did he go? Mowbray... Where did he go, Doctor? I don't know. He could be anywhere. He could... He could be... Dead? Could he be dead? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he could be. He was a very brave man. Now who's sounding like the General? Doctor, where are we going? We're travelling back up the Dalek time corridor. Back to those bubble tanks? Won't they want to kill us? I say you can bank on it. And we're right behind the crates. Behind them? You mean we've sent them right back to the Daleks? It would seem so. On a direct collision course with the other nano-Daleks being fed down the time track to invade Earth. Alert! Alert! Particle Dalek forces on convergent spatio-temporal courses in time corridor! The Doctor has tricked us! Yes. And when the two nano-Dalek forces meet, they will be... Destroyed. It is the Doctor! He is in our power! Are you so sure of that? Doctor! You will surrender to us! Do you really think I'm that gullible? Hello, Graylish. Did you give any thought to my little conundrum? Your words have been echoing in my head. The Daleks have always been here. Then why did you think this was your domain? It is my domain. I am the Seed Dalek. Ah, yes. Of course. The one they replicated to make the Nano-Daleks. That's the Greylish. A creature entirely indifferent to the evil Daleks do. You thought of yourself as impartial, didn't you? What's it like to realize you're just a Dalek, just like the rest of them? I realize now that I am also 
a construct sustained by the Dalek structured mind share. A construct? They needed to devise you. The power of Dalek thought created you, and in turn, you created their new home. The pan temporal ambience is mine. I willed it into being. And without you? Without me? Yes. I can stop this. No, Bayless! You will obey! You were created to obey! Created to provide the seed for our new, undefeatable conquest of Earth! It takes but one thought to regress this place to the dimensional nullity for which it was created. You are a Dalek! You will obey Dalek commands! You will sustain the ambience! The nullity beckons. Thank you, Baelish. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye to all of you. Emergency! Emergency! Buck Baelish is entering the dimensional nullity! Our world is destroyed! We cannot survive! We cannot Doctor? Doctor? I think the Dalek Time Corridor has... I don't know. It's as if it's evaporated. We're just drifting back towards Earth again. Doctor? Is he all right? Mr. Doctor? Where's Wilton? <sighs> Doctor? Mulberry and now the Greylish. Why is it that defeating the Daleks always demands the sacrifice of innocence? Don't worry, I don't expect an answer. And as for Wilton, he's a sign of our... Well, our victory over the Daleks. You mean the timeline's corrected. The Dalek occupation takes place in the way it originally did. Which means that Wilton isn't here. I don't know if he or his uncle were ever born, or whether they died during the Dalek occupation. Not much of an achievement, is it? But at least this way, you know the Dalek invasion will be defeated. Yes, that's the silver lining, Nissa. Uh, what happens to us, sir? Uh, me and the Major? Well, you're still a bona fide part of Earth's history. Gee, you say the nicest things, Doc. But what do you mean? It means that's exactly where you belong. You mean you're going to take us back to where you found us? And don't we get a say in this? Oh, Alice. I imagine you'll have plenty to say along the way.
Infinity Extras. Technical quality may vary due to impromptu recording. You'll be pleased to hear that I won't be interviewing you. Oh, I'm just recording you saying that. Oh, okay. that, That's in place of interview. Because <laughs> we did good ones last time, didn't we? Yeah. We don't, we, did, yeah. we don't need to do any more, do we? Unless you want to interview me as a Dalek, that might be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Oh! <laughs> now engaging TARDIS power source! I think that's it. They are toy dogs, after all. Yes, I know. But Actually, no, 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 it's a trick. No, no, but that's a good This is the kind of nonsense that goes on during a Big Finish recording. Here we're messing around with the level of the Dalek effect. Now engaging TARDIS power source. Bearable? It's bearable, yeah. I'll put it... Who's doing the editing on this? ERS. And here's John Ainsworth, the director, working with the cast. This is the plane. Okay, okay, I'll buy it for now. So, what next? Is this what we're doing separately? Or we're doing yeah, just, um... <coughs> blind mice, see blind mice, see how they run, see how they run. Ten minutes there. Leave, uh, yeah, we could just leave it, and we will, we'll do a whole track of you singing it. Um, oh, boy. To look forward to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, we, just to spare you the having to sort of drop it in, in bits and yeah. bobs, yeah. So, that, so I'll just pick up on the top of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just leave a beat. Where, where that goes. My first interview victim is John Weinberg, who plays Wilton. Is John going to get his jacket because it's uh, very cold in this room where we're going to do the interview. Now, you were in the States when you found out about this job, is that right? I was. I was. John uh, was wondering if I was going to be around, and I knew I was planning on coming back to England at some point, but I, I wanted to make it happen, so, so I did. How, uh, what are your feelings about the, the business of audio acting in that, you know, uh, the audience can't see you, can't see what you're doing, you know, how, about getting the whole performance into your voice? Um, I guess just actually performing and looking a bit strange in the booths with headphones on. Um, and uh, if, for example, you're being choked, you're choking yourself and looking across the way at the person who's choking you and he's choking nothing. <laughs> so it, I think I think we still have to do as much as we might on uh, screen or stage or... Wilton, he's... Uh, how would you sum him up as a character? He is... Um, well, he is really a spy, sort of, for his uncle. But he kind of plays this um, annoying, uh, questioning boy who just wants to uh, see this time travel machine. So I think he sort of uh, plays a little uh, annoying and dumb. He might actually be annoying, but but uh, I think he plays it, and then he's sort of found out. And so he goes along for the ride. It's difficult to know. He's not really a baddie, is he? No, I don't think so. I think he he's, gen well, he's genuinely uh, interested in, 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 in time travel and, and what it's all about. So once sort of he's actually, I think, on board, and he, he's, he truly is uh, excited and... Uh, wants to know uh, what, what's going to happen. Now, um, how much of your time do you spend in the States, and how, how, how much contact has that given you with Doctor Who? Um, well, now I'm back in the States, sort of. That's, I guess, my home again. Um, but I had lived here, so I know Doctor Who, and I've heard of Doctor Who, and now that BBC America is sort of getting bigger, uh, they're, they're, I think they're playing Doctor Who, but you hear more about it. Yeah, I think it's on the Sci-Fi Channel over there. Oh yeah, it's actually, it might be on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. But um, but I didn't grow up with it, so I definitely um, 
I mean, I, I didn't even know if it was Dalek or Dalek, or, uh, which, you know, is embarrassing uh, over here, of course. Um, but not much. I didn't know much, and I don't think many, many people do. They're just starting to. The whole thing about Doctor Who in the States is that it's quite a sort of cult minority mm. thing. Whereas over here, you know, uh, the new TV series has really taken off and it's a big major hit. What do you think? I mean, this is such a sort of pretentious question, but what do you think? Is there some kind of cultural difference that makes Doctor Who more amenable to a British audience and less so to an American? Um... Well, that, no, you just put me in a in a situation where I have to comment on uh, American. Um, I just wonder what your views are. I, I, to explain, I remember when the first episode of the new series of Doctor Who was reviewed on a, a late night review program, and there was an American journalist there, and she just shook her head and, and she had no. She said, what, "This just will not fly." I don't, who's it for? And the rest of the people on the panel were middle-aged British men, and they went, it's fantastic, we love it. And there was a complete difference of opinion, and I thought, mm, I wonder whether that's to do with nationality or what. I, I, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm admitting something I shouldn't, but I don't really watch, you know, Star Trek either. I was never, um, but that, I mean, that seems to be a, obviously a bigger thing in America, but not, it's either for some people or... Or not? I feel like uh, here, everyone. It, I mean, there wasn't much TV, right? In, here years ago, and not many and channels. Not many yeah. channels, and I mean, so people watched what was on, and Doctor Who was was on, yeah. and I think it was something new and exciting, and um, and still, it still is, you know. Yeah. So what you're saying is that people watched it because they didn't have a choice. <laughs> not what I'm saying exactly, but I think because there was less choice. They 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 saw it, and you know it's it's like anything. I mean, in America, you're they pump out TV, and you know, and if I'm sure if they if they really push Doctor Who on people, um, then they'd see, they'd watch it and be able to see the show, and it, it's a good show and it's exciting. And so it's not a question of marketing; it's really just a question of shutting all the network stars. <laughs> that's so right. That, that's the only thing they can watch. It's exactly right. It is about forcing people to watch Doctor Who so that they then can enjoy it <laughs> with their eyelids. Held open. In a, yeah. Give them no alternative. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think we've sorted that out okay. then. Good. But thank you for your time. And as Peter Davison departs at the end of the first day of recording, See you tomorrow, everybody. there's time for a word with Richie Campbell, who plays Floyd. Richie, would you like to come and talk to me? If you can bear it. I basically got a call from my agent to do. Like, I've just really just got into the whole voiceover thing, and she just called me and said um, that I think. I don't I think the producers or someone just heard a tape that I'm, I've done, like a voiceover tape, and said, would you like to come and um, do the part of Floyd? So that's how it came about, yeah. And I just kind of went and tried to do my um, Southern American accent a bit better. <laughs> I think I think it's sounding rather good. Uh, I think there must be something, uh, an example of your work online, maybe on mm. Spotlight or with your agent's website, something yeah, like that. Possibly, yeah, it might be because I've it is literally because I've come from that I've come from like a theatre and TV background, so I haven't done a lot of voiceovers. The only voiceovers I've done are quite um, like for commercials or like I did a video game, a computer game once, like recently. So I think it's just like example those kind of examples were on must have been online. So through that they must have seen it. What about um, your knowledge of Doctor Who? Is it something you've ever been into or watched, or is it all a bit of a sort of strange, different thing for you? Um, I wasn't into it at first, to be honest. As soon as the whole Billy Piper thing came about, then I was into it. I was, and obviously the first Doctor Christopher Eccleston, like, is a good actor, so I just kind of got into it. 
And then um, when he left, it was a bit like, oh, okay, cool. And then as it started on again, I got into it and um, actually like, I met Noel, like Noel Clark, who did oh, some work here. Yeah. Um, because one of my friends was in the film that he did, so like through that kind That's of kid adulthood, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So through that, through that link, basically, then I started to watch a bit more, and then I got into it. And then it's funny because like my little cousin is six years old, and he goes crazy over Doctor Who, and I, I used to sit at home and go, "Why is he so crazy?" I said, and that's how I got into it. Like, so yeah. So I have to admit, I am a Doctor Who fan now, <laughs> a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. What about the character in this story, Renaissance of the mm. Daleks? Could you? What, what's your take on him? Um, Floyd is, um, he's from the uh, American Civil War, so basically um, he's from that era, and um, I just think he just was like, he was in a situation, he was like, wow, like, these guys have just come, he was very, it's mind-blowing, doesn't know what's going on, basically, he's just going along with the whole, the whole ride and everything, um, but what's nice about it is that is, um, he has got that thing that he is, he's not a slave, he's, he's a free man, he's, um, his um, master, so to speak, that died, and so he's got that. Um, I think he's quite proud of of who he is. He's like, because I think Mulberry says in the piece, he's like, "Oh, so you're a blackamoor?" And he's very like, "Yes, like I'm actually a free. I'm not. A, I'm just. I'm a free slave kind of thing." So, um, but yeah, that's the way I see him. He's a very. Um, he kind of just goes along with it because he doesn't really know know what's going on, or what, um, where they're supposed to be going, or what's happened, but. Um, like along the way, like he kind of, there's he trusts Nissa, trusts her because um because of the whole zero room thing where they healed his leg and stuff like that. So, um he he knows that he's in safe hands, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it was something that we were aware of in the scripting stage. The whole business, like uh, Mulberry, you know, comes from sort of medieval times. So his mm. view of seeing a a black person is going to be not really in tune yeah, with what definitely. we all think these days, so mm. it, was a, it was a difficult issue. I mean, what do you feel about that and the way that's dealt with? I think it's dealt, dealt with well, because um, it is, like you say, it is a difficult issue, even um, in terms of pitching the character and playing it in a certain way. It is, it, some people would look at it and say, oh, that's a bit, you've gone back in time kind of thing, but it is a representation of history. Like, those, that's how they were, like, within that time, within the American Civil War, so I think, I think that's fine the way it is, the way it's done. It's not really a reflection on, because time changes, and like with Doctor Who, we go back in time and we're going to that particular era, so I think that's, that, was, like, that was a nice part for me to do as well, because it is literally playing, going back to that place and playing the character. And I know before you went, went in there, you were intrigued to know the, the way we worked. I mean, yeah. how's, how's that worked out for you in the booths and stuff? So it's on? been good. I was, I was um, telling John as well, like was, me and John were speaking about it, because it's the first time I've actually done something like this, so... Um, it's brilliant, like, everyone's having a laugh and you are... It is a case where we can, if we're not pitching it right, we can always come back and do it again. And it, and once it once the scenes start working and you start feeling it a lot more, it's nice. Like, the the scene we just did just now was, like... Um, it was Once it was done and we knew exactly what we were doing, it was perfect, it was fine. You just get that satisfaction out of it. So, yeah, it was very good. How off-putting is it to hear the strange Dalek effect? Oh, my voice <laughs> as I'm doing it. Um... It's not. It was a bit loud in the cans at first, but I, I liked it because I, I was interested to see how it would how it would happen. And, and it is. It's that whole thing about just playing around with it. That's what I like. like. It's like we are playing around with the script, like the words and how it all is. So 
it is nice and everyone wants to hear the dialects don't they so you got the perfect job like everyone wants to know who's the dalek voice so, yeah it's good that's me happy then good <laughs> all right thank it's you very me. much thank you on to nicholas deal now who plays mulberry ah there we are right so uh nick yes this isn't your first big finish is it no um i've done a, a series of three where i was a, a unit colonel so I was drafted in to go and work in work in unit for three episodes, and uh, ended up with a very heroic death, I might add. Oh, that's it. Um, you go on. So if, even if they did another series, you'd be out of it. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I could come back in. I mean, I, I, <laughs> All actors <laughs> say this. <laughs> there's a, I'm sure there's a way of having a sudden time bend at the moment that the bomb goes off, and I could get back in. Time bends are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We like we like time bends. <laughs> so, how did this job come about for you then? Um, this was through John, the director, who gave me a call last week and said that we've, they're setting up a new um, bit of work this this coming week. He said it's a bit short notice, but uh, see if the dates suit, and they did. So here I am. And what do you make of the character? He's great, actually. He's I, I like. Uh, I, I've done a sort of um, historical one before. I was a uh, captain on the Golden Hind, which is a spaceship in those days. Elizabethan spaceship. Ah, right, in okay. one of the yes. Unbound. Unbound series. Yes. Storm of Angels. Storm of Angels, yes. yeah. And uh, this guy, Mulberry, he's a very brave uh, soldier um, from the 14th century. And he's caught up into this whole Dalek invasion of Earth. And so there are lots of, lots of the stuff that he doesn't understand. But he makes it all into... He understands it all as, as magic, and that's how he makes sense of it. And he, he comes to a sticky end, doesn't he? Another one of my characters dies heroically saving the world. Yes, yes, I like it. <laughs> have you done that scene already? Yes, I have, in fact, died. Yes, uh -huh. I've, I've, been, I've been sucked out into the time vortex, even as we speak. Now, how do you cope with doing scenes like that? Because without all the sound effects, you know, is it, there must be cause for general hilarity. There is a bit. We've, uh, we've just done a bit where we're all trying to run into the TARDIS and we did it pathetically. <laughs> this is a pathetic sort of rather effeminate... <laughs> panting as we, we ran a step towards the TARDIS doors. That doesn't quite get it. Um, but no, I mean, doing, doing the death, death scene, as a, as a long, dying scream as I, as I disappear out of the door. Now, that was quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun to see how it turns out with all the funny sound effects. I, it, it's, I'm sure it'll sound a lot better. I mean, I, it, it's, it sounds a bit bland just doing it, you know, as it is. The one I was in the um, Storm of Angels, I was again thrown off the ship, actually, because I was, I was eaten up from inside by the... By jewels. The, by the jewels, yeah, that's yeah, right. Sort of. Strange and I'd been overtaken by these things. That. That's why I know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. And I have this long, dying scream ending up in a sort of ghostly whisper to the Queen at the end, which sounds great on the final piece. And my children think it's very good. Daddy's died again. Now, so your children are of the age when they would appreciate Doctor Who very much. They're hard. getting to that. Um, they're a bit frightened of it. A bit frightened of it. I'm getting them into listening to the to the CDs, which is good. It is very good. Um, for us. Very good indeed. Um, <laughs> but I won't buy them for them. They must buy them themselves. And uh, I'm now starting to get hold of the of DVDs of the, the latest series. So uh, I'm going to start indoctrinating them quite soon. Back by the director's chair, and director John Ainsworth is getting to grips with one of the TARDIS's latest oh, occupants. Okay, good. I'd like to do it one more time if we can. Um, Virginia, can we, I think the waking up bit, perhaps we need a bit more of a... 
sense of her coming to, sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. Maybe, maybe even sort of repeat the what, you know. That's well, like, I was kind of doing a what, what, what are you, but yeah, do that I think it's, it's more of a shock tone to it yeah. because he's shouting. Okay. Regina Regan plays Major Alice. <laughs> so, <laughs> what does that expression mean? <laughs> Just anticipatory terror. That was great. It was all that was all entirely visual. With a bit of constipation as well, <laughs> wasn't it? Just... So, Major Alice, what would you make of her then? Well, she she enlisted in '64. No, she, was she drafted? Can we start again? No, we can't start again. <laughs> have you? You sound like you may have given this some thought. I have given it some thought. Yes, I think she's from a good Midwest sort of what would now be considered Christian fundamentalist stock, but it wasn't called that then. Um, I think she might come from a bit of a military background. I think it's safe to say she's never worn a miniskirt, even though it's the right era. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's a tough cookie. Uh, I don't think she would need to be drafted. Right. She would have enlisted. But she would have thought it was her patriotic Absolutely. duty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I see. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> you look it is indeed. Yes, thank you. And that concludes the questions. Yeah. No. Um, at the end of the story, she's still in the TARDIS. Yes. Do you think she's going to secretly remain there? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or, or not so secretly. Well, she certainly doesn't want to go back to Nome, which I think is quite interesting psychologically, mm. considering she's such a gung-ho militarist. Mm. And yet, when she has that little vulnerable line, we don't have to go... If, I'd like to not go back to Nome unless I have to. What does that say? Is that how you did it? No, I didn't do it like that. But I said, I'd rather not go back to Nome unless I have to. But, you know, there, was, there might have been a bit of truth in that. Well, who wants to go back to a war? Who wants to go back to a war? So what Don't ask that question. I think the answer is probably a lot of... A lot of people do, though. Oh, we're getting political. They might think they do. Yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? Presumably yeah. Alice thought it was a good idea to go to war in some way, even though she's a non-competent combatant being a woman in those days. Well, she's flying a helicopter, so, yeah. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah. Yeah. No, she's... She pro genuinely, she probably thought, you know, the Viet Cong were bad and she needs to... It was anti-communism, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you wish know. people could see the expressions you were pulling after your answers. Well, I, I hadn't, I probably hadn't given this, the Vietnam War as much thought, you know, in terms of its... Yes. But I'm just thinking, if she uh, doesn't want to go back to the war, no. I, and the Doctor never wants to interfere too much with the Real, whole... With timeline, yeah. Exactly. You know, what's going to happen there? I don't know. Do you know, I hadn't actually thought beyond... No, I don't know what's going to happen. I was going to say, be on the last page of the script. No, I don't know what's going to happen to Alice. Do you think she's going to go home? I, I don't could, know. Yeah. Who knows? It's, maybe, maybe we should explore that possibility. Maybe. Yeah. But she can't just stay in the TARDIS, can she? No, would she like not Like a little want... weird TARDIS skivvy for all time line No. <laughs> no. Would she not... You don't think she'd like to stay in the I TARDIS think... and have adventures? Oh, actually, I think she quite would, except that I don't think she would like to be bossed around. I think she would want to pilot the TARDIS. She is a bit of a control freak. Yeah. Don't you think? Or, or she, she, you know, she likes power. And, uh, yeah, I think, she, I think she would want to pilot it. 
Well, that's food for thought. It is. It is indeed. For me, I as don't well, think she would share. I think we could bring her back. Oh, bless her. Also available from Big Finish, starring Peter Davison. Circular time. This is everything I ever wanted here. A, a wife and children, a home, a life based in time, surrounded by seasons, cut off from bigger things. So who is it this time then? Alien invaders or a mad scientist? A fellow time lord, strangely enough, Cardinal Zero. Well on his way to getting a seat on the High Council and has suddenly decided he's had enough and wants to go and live in the trees. Doctor, what a pleasant surprise. And here I was, expecting an assassin, some sneaky little interventionist. Forgery. Of all the stupid things to be arrested for, Nissa. Doctor, will you stop going on about it? How could I have been so stupid not to realise that I was actually talking to Sir Isaac Newton, director of the Royal Mint? <laughs> you will yield the secrets of these coins, or I will have the truth ripped from you with pliers. Until then, you will be kept alive. It's a lovely day, and I was wondering if you might like to go out into the country. Please, I need to work. To Traken. What? First time I've ever done that. Oh, um... Don't say you're sorry, because you don't mean it. I really don't. Doctor, is something else troubling you? The pressure is on. We... they have to win. I come here for a particular sort of time, and I've ended up with exactly the opposite. Commonwealth Games open tonight in Doctor Who The Gathering Interrupt this broadcast with some breaking news The city's telephone system has been hit by some kind of electronic attack The entire network has gone down causing disruption to many homes and businesses and sparking fears of a terrorist attack Despite pleas for calm, a number of incidents have already broken out. I know you're a maniac, but do you have to drive like one? Keep it down back there. What's happening? What's this all about? New vandalism could be so painful. I'll, I'll try smashing the windscreen. This is my life. This is what I do. I work and I sleep and that's it. Huh. I thought you'd get You off. thought I'd what? Save the world, feed all the starving kids in Africa, be the new James Bond? What? So... That was the famous Tegan Javanka. Yeah. I'm still not sure about this. Stop worrying about it. Now, this doctor, is he going to be a problem? We should have brought a gun or something. Oh, good idea. That way people die. That's not human technology, is it? Not human. Do try and keep up. Are we going up or are we going down? <laughs> We're going right to the top. So, do I get that tip? Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of Brisbane and don't look back. Don't leave me, please! Jesus! And then, the dead will walk. Mad as a box of frogs. Where is it we're going? A bar in 42 Valley, bar 8687. 8687! 8687! Hello, Doctor. The gathering has begun. Freak! Let me out! Let me go! That's what terrifies me about him. You have no idea how his mind works. I don't think... I, I don't think anyone really knows who he is. His world, his life, it's not like ours. 
So as we head into the evening, temperatures are dropping. Hope you all had a great day and are set for the weekend. It starts here, people. It's 6.30 on Friday, September the 22nd, 2006. I'm Rosemary Stark, and here's the Bricklayers with their new single, West. Doctor Who, the Kingmaker. Right. It's about half past 1485. I'm heading for a little tavern on Fleet Street called the Kingmaker to do a little detective work. Someone once told me it can be a useful place to find out all sorts of stuff. You can't miss it. Just uh, head for St Paul's Cathedral. Uh, the old Norman one, not the one with the dome. That's not there yet. Uh, I'll meet you there in three hours' time. And don't be late. Greetings, Earl Rivers. I greet you in the name of the new king. And greetings to you, Lords Gloucester and Buckingham. Well, what can I say? This is a most lovely surprise. Good evening, sir. I am Susan, and I will be your serving wench for this evening. Would you like to sit in carousing or non-carousing? Ha-ha! <laughs> Less of the Mr. Clary, Doctor. They'll start to think me a gentleman. Don't stand on ceremony, Doctor. Folks call me one-armed Clary, don't they, boys? Um, Perry... Is it a custom of this age for a man to place a hand on your bottom as a form of greeting? Not really, no. Hey, ma'am. Did you just break that guy's arm? Yes. For your information, sir, this is my travelling machine, my magic cabinet that takes me to places beyond your imagination. So you're a demon, are you? Well, that depends. Do they burn individuals that show sign of devilry in this century? Yes. Well, in that case, I am a wise and benevolent sorcerer. He's some kind of robot. His arms are soft. He seems real from this end. Oh, my God, this bit's detachable. He's not real. Sure you're all right? We're fine. fine. We've got to get out of here. There's something nasty and alien happening here. We have to find the doctor. Well, he did come out of this thing, sire, the like of which I have never seen before. And they do say that unusual portents crop up at the time of a coronation. Who says? Well, they do. The ones who do say. You know, they who do say. Well, as long as we're being specific. You think I'm capable of killing a couple of kids? Murdering them in cold blood? Snuffing out a couple of young lives before they'd even begun? Do you know what this means, Perry? It means we're not going to change history. We are history. We're part of it. It's not possible. I think we have solved the mystery. It's us, Perry. It is we who kill the princes in the tower. Sometimes, Aramem, your ability to point out the flaws in my otherwise perfect plans errs on the irritating. Doctor Who, you have transgressed your deadline. Your contract has been violated. Now, that's just what I thought you'd say. Classic Doctors. Brand new adventures. <laughs> 